Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Our Supreme Court just last night upheld the rule of law. They overturned the Radlib Ninth Jerkett Court of Schlemiel's and the corrupt foreign-influenced ACLU. Basically, they blocked illegals claiming asylum in the U.S. It's a huge victory for America. That's a summary of it, not the details. Welcome to the Savage Nation. It's a monster victory for us, and it just shows you the importance of the judges, especially in light of the fact that this ruling comes on the heels of that corrupt judge from uh, Oakland, California, who I went crazy about on Monday and did my anti-communism run because this one judge tried to dictate law in the country. Judge Tigar, T-I-G-A-R, born in uh, England. He's a Fabian socialist. He was appointed by Obama. And that rotten, stinking arrogant in the, uh, the robe, in the black robe, the stench from the bench was making me clench, basically thought he was going to set the law. Well, Supreme Court said, no, we're not letting you di- dictate law. And until we decide on this, Trump's rule is upheld. Trump's rule is upheld. Now, that's part of the story. It blocks most asylum seekers from coming here and saying, give me asylum. They have to first apply for it in another country. But Mexico has already pushed back, but not too hard. And the reason Mexico hasn't pushed back too hard is because they're afraid of Trump's power over them with tariffs. They cannot afford to have their economy collapse. So this is what having a strong president means. This is what having a strong president really means is not only standing up to the radical judges, but also standing up to the radical countries that are dumping their third world garbage on us. In plain English, what's been going on over the last few years, we've not been getting the Einsteins, the Schopenhauers, the Edisons. No, we're not getting them. Don't don't be a fool. They weren't giving us their Einsteins and their Edisons. They were doing to us what Castro did to America in the 19, whatever it was, the 70s, I don't remember the year, when they flooded uh, Miami mainly Miami, with all of the people out of the jails and out of the mental hospitals, all the people who were sick and they couldn't take care of. Remember what Castro did? The Marielle boat invasion? We are living through third world hellholes dumping the citizens they don't want on us because we're so stupid and we have so many enemies within this country who are saying, yes, we have to take care of every imbecile in the world, we have to take care of every criminal in the world, every poor person in the world. It doesn't matter whether you can afford it or not, because we believe in it, because we're better than that. Well, no, we're not better than that. The Mariel boat invasion wasn't so good for Florida. And the invasion that we are living through right now is terrible for America. That's what this battle is about. And by the way, that's what the election is about. All over again, this election coming up in 2020 will be about the same exact issue. 
Number one issue is going to be immigration. The Democrats are gambling that you, the average person, wants more of the third world, uh, shall I say, flotsam and jetsam. They're gambling and they're losing because even Democrats know that there's a finite amount of resources. The average Democrat living on whatever they're living on, whether they're working or not working, they know there's a finite amount that we can take in. And the foolish Democrats are gambling that you want more of the third world Mariel boat invasion. So this is a very good ruling. And the bottom line is it's good for America. And uh, it shows you what the what the courts really mean. And it shows you what the judges mean. And we have to understand that the judges that Trump has uh, appointed, they're going to be here for 15, 20 years, if not more, which is why they went insane today. They realized like cold water was thrown in their face that they don't control the Supreme Court anymore. And this is only the beginning. Oh, no, no. I'm telling you, as I sit here, there's going to be at least one to two more. I would say there's going to be at least one more appointment before this first term is over. And then when Trump wins by a landslide in the second election, he'll get maybe, I don't know how many more. And they're going to go berserk because if they win, they want to pack the courts the way FDR did. Did you know that FDR packed the court, wanted to pack the court, wanted to raise the number of Supreme Court justices to turn it into the equivalent of a third world uh, a kangaroo court that he could control? That's who they are. Well, that's who we are. We're, we're a nation of laws and we won today. And the effect means it has an immediate effect. Immediate effect. Non-Mexican migrants trying to enter the country on the southern border are going to have to pass a credible fear interview to seek asylum in the U.S., which most have to do. And the rule change means they would fail had they not claimed asylum in another country that they first went through. Now, of course, the Anti-American Civil Liberties Union, which is a foreign-influenced organization, and I hope that when Trump wins a second term, he investigates vigorously the ACLU and arrests the leadership and seizes their assets. But that's for another time. We need a very powerful investigation of the foreign money that's been coming into the ACLU and the arrest and seizure of all their assets. But that's not something I want to talk about today. This ruling virtually eliminates all asylum at the southern border, even at ports of entry, for everyone except Mexicans, according to the ACLU. Now, although it is temporary, although it is only temporary, the fact of the matter is it sends a strong signal to lower courts as to how the Supreme Court is going to rule. So I want you to take a deep breath and understand we can't win everything at once, but we won a huge victory here. Now, tonight, as you well know, the crackpots are going to hold another stupid debate. They're making idiots of themselves every time they do. They're appealing only to themselves and to Wolf Blitzer and to uh, Don Lemon. The fact is most Americans don't agree uh, with their, their campaign of global warming. And uh, what's the other one now? The other one, next one coming up is uh, LGSF, MFTQ is the next one. They don't have enough rights. Uh, how many more rights can the LGBTQ community want? Well, what more rights do they want? Everyone does what they want. What do they, what do they need more LGBTQ? Why are they having an entire debate on the LGBTQ issue? Why? Is there a gay person listening to this audience who thinks they don't have enough freedom in this country? Tell me what freedom you have that you don't you have that you that you don't have rather. I don't even want to talk about that. There's something wrong with the system. We have to go to the Supreme Court every time to prove that a law is really a law just because a crackpot judge tells you it's not a law. Isn't there? Isn't there something wrong with a system where you have to go to the Supreme Court every time 
just to prove that a law really is a law, just because some crackpot left-wing judge said it isn't a law? Yeah, it really is crazy. But here's what I want you to call on today to get you engaged. I'm going to ask you a loaded question, and I want answers on both sides of the uh, of the packed aisle. How would you rate Trump's presidency so far? Now, don't just call me and say good or bad or 100% or zero. I want you to rate it based upon the issues. When I wrote Trump's War, each one, each chapter was on a specific issue. Trump's war against the enemies within. How would you rate Trump on his war against the enemies within? How about Trump's economic war? How is he doing so far? How about Trump's war to repeal Obamacare? How's he doing on that? How about Trump's war for our borders? How would you rate him on that? How would you rate Trump's war to restore the military? How would you rate him on that? How would you rate Trump's culture war battles so far? How about Trump's war against the rhinos? How would you rate him on that? How about Trump's war for the First Amendment? How would you rate him on that? How would you rate uh, Trump on his war for the Second Amendment, the gun one? How about Trump's war against the deep state? How would you rate him on that? The phone number here is 855-407-282. That's your show. And the fact is I want to hear what you have to say about this because we've suffered some wins and some losses. And when I say we've suffered some wins, it's because they've never been pure wins like today. This is a win, but not a pure win, because they're not deporting them yet. But let me tell you something right now. This is going to really curtail. It's going to really curtail the Mariel boat invasion on many different levels. Now, it's good that they went to the Supreme Court on the issue of third world, uh, you know, third country asylum, apply there first. But, you know, I'm one of the people who actually walks the streets of San Francisco, as I did yesterday on my day off. I see the lawyers' offices around the DHS building. They're like like fleas. Fleas, the immigration law offices around Battery Street, are filled with the fleas of the legal uh, world. These fleas, these bloodsuckers, these lice, have offices all around the DHS building on Battery Street, and I see these offices. If I had the power and I have no power whatsoever except the power of analysis and opinion, I would absolutely look into every one of those lice. I would look into those lice and see where they put the blood that they've sucked out of this system. I know these words are harsh, but we're living in very harsh times, and we must fight fire with fire. We can no longer be polite to the enemies who are destroying our way of life and want to go much further than they already have. I have many other ideas I want to talk about today. But the main one I want you to join in on at 855-400-7282. That's uh, 855-400-SAVAGE. That's the show you're listening to. The number one issue to me is that one. How do you rate Trump so far on the issues themselves? Please don't call me and say he's doing great or tell me he's doing badly. Please call me and tell me how you rate Trump on the issues as I outlined them. Supreme Court upholds rule of law, overturns Radlib, Ninth Circuit Court of Shlemiel's, and corrupt foreign influence they see on you, blocks illegals claiming asylum in U.S., huge victory for America. That's the thumbnail sketch. But already, I'm sorry to tell you, Mexico has pushed back. That's something you have to know. It happened already. Mexico pushed back today, Thursday, against the U.S. Supreme Court action that granted a Trump administration request 
to fully enforce a new rule curtailing asylum applications by Emmys at the U.S.-Mexico border. The court on Wednesday, that means our court, said that so long as the issue is being litigated, immigrants who want asylum can be required to first seek safe haven in a third country through which they travel on the way to the United States. Okay? But Mexico's foreign minister, Marcelo Ebrard, said today, this is the ruling by the court. It's a U.S. issue, and obviously we don't agree with it. We have a different policy. However, notice how delicately he stated that. That's because this is a very delicate time for Mexico-U.S. relations. Donald Trump strongly threatened imposing tariffs. And as a result of that muscular threat, Mexico has agreed to house many of the surging number of Central American asylees south of the border pending a U.S. hearing. I'll tell you more about it when I come back. The fact of the matter is, it's a good day, not a bad day. And there are many more good days to come. This is the Savage Nation. Be here or be nowhere. Savage. Look, whether you're an athlete, weekend warrior, or someone who deals with constant joint pain, back pain, muscle soreness, or arthritis, finding a natural remedy that instantly works might seem non-existent, right? See, most over-the-counter pain relievers such as Icy Hot and Ben Gay only focus on one basic cooling effect such as menthol, which temporarily takes your mind off the pain until that pain returns in an hour or so. But if you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is this. 100% natural, CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. It's very easy to throw it into your gym bag and take on the go for emergency pain relief. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain with an arctic blast. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product on their entire site. Please go to omaxhealth.com, enter code SAVAGE omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE, so you can take advantage of this incredible savings. That is omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE, to get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything on their site. Now, listen to me carefully. This stuff works. I've used it. It does not have the psychoactive effects of marijuana, or else I wouldn't even tell you about it. omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE. Try it, you'll like it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Because we just said you can keep on knocking, but you can't come in, Mario Boat Invaders. We're sick and tired of it. We're just sick and tired of these third world nations dumping the people that they don't want on us, whether they be criminals, mentally ill, physically ill, 
or just plain impoverished. We can't take care of them anymore. Patriots who elected Donald Trump, who vowed to take this nation back, wanted a war against the establishment to deliver on the promises that Trump made to millions of American voters. And he won huge victories right at the beginning. You forget about the defeat of ISIS. That was a monster victory. Do you understand that? Obama let ISIS rage through the Middle East, raping, pillaging, killing. But you idiots don't know that. You know, I took the day off yesterday. I had to do a few things, not your business. But then when I was through, I hung around my favorite neighborhood in the world, which is North Beach. I sat at a cafe table on a beautiful afternoon and watched the world go by. And I had the opportunity to chat with a Kurdish gentleman who I knew casually. And he was smiling. We were enjoying the afternoon. He said, Michael, do these people even know what ISIS was? He said, they're not human beings. He looked at me right in my eye. He said, they're not human beings, what they do to women and children and men. I said, I know that, but these morons don't know it. Here in this dopey country of ours, dopey America, if you look at someone the wrong way, they sue you for racism. They call that a crime against humanity. Well, you have that bug-eyed fool holding a hearing today to eliminate uh, ICE. Can you believe this? A bug-eyed rat like her from the Bronx gets up there and attacks a good man like Homan? And she, oh, the crime he committed by enforcing the American law. If they only knew what goes on in those countries where ISIS reigns. You talk about that, talk about the Kurdish people themselves. I happen to have a huge Kurdish audience that listens to this show, not only in San Francisco, but around the country, because they understand what's at stake. They grow up with an AK-47 in their hands, or they wouldn't live for one minute because of ISIS and because of the madman in uh, Turkey, Erdogan, who wants to create a new uh, Ottoman Empire. They know what happened during the Ottoman Empire, as do the Greeks who listen to this show. Did I get your attention now? You want to know what crimes against humanity are? Bug-eye, occasional cortex, and Miss T-Lab, the enemy within? Let me tell you what crimes against humanity are. You stupid things, you. Crimes against humanity are locking Greek Catholics, Greek Orthodox in their churches, and setting it on fire with everybody inside, which is what the Muslims did to the Greeks. By the way, why, you want to know what ISIS does to people when they rage through the Middle East before Trump annihilated them with the help of Russia? You have any idea what you stupid people are talking about, you idiot liberals? Someone ought to smack you in the face with reality and wake you up to real crimes against humanity instead of the crap that's been fed to you by the communists in your universities. Universities of stupidity teaching you idiocy. Ask the people who've lived through this before you open your mouth and listen to these fools who sneak their way into Congress. Well, a lot to talk about today. The number one question is how would you rate Trump's presidency so far on the issues I mentioned? And I promise you the minute I come back, the lines are jammed. We have one open line. Everyone wants to grade Trump on all those different topics right here on the Savage Nation. I'll give you the line again. Well, why give it? You know what the number is, right? Back in a minute. Savage. Is It is a real fact that we just won the biggest victory, I think, of Trump's years in office. And whether Turtle Face will win or, or Biden will win, it doesn't really matter right now. Uh, I'm giving uh, whatever, uh, what's her name? The woman that's at the top of the pyramid, the crazy communist college professor Warren, 
I'm calling a turtle. Because if you look at her face, it looks like a turtle. Clearly, I'm just doing it as a, a reference point. The turtle is not winning. I don't think you know something about women. Women don't like women generally. I mean, that's a fact. Aside from the corridors of academia, outside the corridors of academia, women distrust women more than men distrust women, incidentally. Women don't like women. They're not ready for a woman president, especially a mean-faced one like this, a college girl, number two. And number three, what has she ever done? Has this woman ever produced a product or a service anyone ever needed? No. She's another Hillary. That's another bug-eyed turtle who wants to take over the world, and she's not winning. Now, if Trump just stops the tweeting and, sto and stops reacting to every low life on the planet, he wins by a landslide. But I want to ask you, because this is not a blanket endorsement by any means. This is a ratings card of how you would rate Trump in uh, his uh, battle so far in the areas I've mentioned. Borders, economics, Obamacare, culture, military, war machine, rhinos, science, First Amendment, Second Amendment, his war against the deep state. How would you rate him on those issues specifically? Let's begin with Sean on line three in Dallas, Texas. Thank you, Sean. How would you rate Trump on uh, what topic is it you're calling about? Immigration, and I'd give him an F. Today was a victory, but we keep getting these small you know, symbolic victories, you know, two miles of wall here, a court ruling, that's great. But the flood of people is at higher levels than under Obama. And the problem is everybody's complacent about it on the right wing. No, you're 100% th right. And unless he starts deportations, we're not going to feel any real uh, uh, grip here. Yes, I agree. And not to make I mean, I'm sorry to have to say it. That's a very harsh statement to make. Because all of us know who does the hard work in this country, but we are not talking about deporting the hard workers. I am not anyway. I'll tell you right now. If a person's working here and working hard, I am not talking about them at all. I am talking about the people who come here and don't work, who are living on welfare, who are living on food stamps, who are living on every grifter um, program that they could get their stinking hands on because of the lawyers. They need to be deported. Don't you agree with me? Yes, absolutely. And the reason this is the most important issue is because look at how these Texas is now a purple state. We might lose Texas and then... It's a thousand percent why Obama broke down the barriers to illegal aliens. Absolutely. People like Obama are the demagogues that we've always feared. Not only that, but he's a greedy demagogue. I wouldn't mind so much if he was just a left-wing demagogue who believed in his cause... But Obama is not only a demagogue who busted down the demographics of America and reshaped them in his image to destroy this country and turn it into a third world hellhole because they could, they could more easily manipulate people from the third world, by the way. Never forget that. Never forget that the power mad dogs in the Democrat Party love non-English speakers because they don't know what the hell they're talking about as long as they offer them free stuff. But yes, the issue of demographics is everything. Demographics is everything, which is why Texas is being destroyed, which is why Florida is being destroyed, which is how Gavin Newsom got elected by aligning himself with the SEIU, the uh, uh, unions. The unions are all basically representing foreign workers who have made themselves de facto citizens without being citizens. And then they voted in the elections and put in a permanent class of oligarchs in the state of California and in New York State, by the way. It's all the same. And only by turning back on these issues, turning them back on these issues, can we win. So in a sense, yes, thus far it's an F. I agree with you. I'm sorry to say, no, there's no, no good news there. 
In other words, one ruling last night doesn't change what's already happened to the country under Trump. And it was worse than under Obama. That's what you're saying, correct? Absolutely. And like you said about California, it was a red state before Pete Wilson got totally steamrolled on that proposition, what, a 92? And now it's like Brazil. You have the elite, you know, rich white liberals in their voting classes, basically, and everybody else gets screwed and has to leave. It's not quite that draconian, but there's a certain degree of a high degree of truth in what you said. Uh, and uh, as a person who knows the state as well, if not better than most people who live here, because I actually walk in the state, I boat on the waters uh, as the mayor. Had, I don't think that the mayor of the I don't think he's ever been on the bay. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'm not quite sure if the mayor's ever been on San Francisco Bay. But I know the waters. I know the airs. I know the fog. I know the winds. I know the weather, I know the trees, I know the species of trees. And so I love this city, I love this city by the bay, and I will tell you right now, I hope for the day that we could recover it from what has been done to it by the illegitimate who have done it strictly for personal gain. Thank you for the call. So the rating on uh, Trump's immigration thus far is an F according to that gentleman who called. I don't know what they're calling on, this is interesting. I'm getting the names and the city they're in and a rating, but I don't know what the topic is, which is great. Because it makes it as new for me, it makes it as new for me as as you. I do want to tell you that tonight is going to be a momentous night to watch the crazies again, uh, the Democrats again going off the deep end, talking about things the average American doesn't care about, in the most dramatic ways possible. And so I have a soundbite for you right now, which are the craziest. Which is the best one, Robert? One, two, or three? Uh, they're all good. Robert says they're all good. In case you have forgotten who the other side is, here is a montage of the craziest things said a Dem debate from night one. Listen. The very foundation of this country, the, the wealth that we have built, the way we became the greatest country on the face of the planet was literally on the backs of those who were kidnapped and brought here by force. Oh, go to hell. We need to go call to out white supremacy for what it is, domestic voice? terrorism. And it poses a threat to the you United You want this shaky turtle as president? He, all that a country is is a collection of people. We Who's need this? to recognize that when it comes to the economic gap between blacks and whites in America, it does come from a great injustice that has never been dealt with. That great injustice has had to do with the fact that there was 250 years of slavery followed yeah, slavery. by another 100 Shut up with slavery. I'm sick of hearing about it. Shut up with slavery. children. And if we want to leave hey, the South Saman communist from New York, and it's this capital. bum, we got to a take on the fossil fuel industry. Fossil, you're a B, fossil, you idiot. You transform our energy system. You fossil, you, you Seltzerman fossil. So-called conservative Christian senators right now jerk? in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise okay. the minimum wage when Scripture says that whoever oppresses I love who's the poor quoting haunts their maker. Love this? He's quoting scripture of all of them. That's the greatest That's the greatest travesty in the history of the world. I don't mind scripture. I don't mind if a person's gay. But please, stop begging the question already. He's the one quoting scripture. How crazy can this country get? How crazy can this world be? I'm liable to break into a Dean Martin song if I listen to these schmucks one more minute. How crazy can this world be? I love that song. You know, yesterday, as I said, I uh, had things to do when I went to San Francisco. I watched talk to the uh, guy. But I took a long walk in my city. It's my city. It's my city. I own San Francisco because I'm the lone voice of opposition that represents real San Franciscans, not these interloping criminals who sit there in City Hall, or not the interlopers from Pacific Heights 
who rent dresses to go to the opera and make believe they have money. I could buy and sell most of them. Those phonies living in their grandfather's house without electricity half the time. They get the dress for the opera. They keep the tags under their arm. And they bring the dress back the next day, hoping that the sweat stains didn't show. You think I don't see through it all? So I walked up to Coy Tower. I don't know if you know what Coy Tower is. It's on top of a hill outside of North Beach. It was one of those perfect days that I describe better than anybody ever described in my novel. Um, I think of the three Jack Hatfield novels. The best description was about the color of the water, uh, the bay this time of year, which was Abuse of Power. I love writing that book. But in Abuse of Power, I describe how San Francisco looks this time of year, September, October, what color the water becomes. And uh, so I walked up the steps. I had, I'm going to tell you right now, I had not walked up those steps in over 20 years. And to be frank with you, I dreamed of the days that I used to walk the city. And then things happened. It became more dangerous than it used to be. And then there became the crappers. The bums have become totally insane and psychotic. The asylums need to be reopened and they need to be put away to get them off the streets. But there weren't any. I didn't see one bum going up the Filbert steps. And the odd part is, is that I walked up those steps and I didn't have to stop but once. I got to the top and I walked inside the Koi Tower and I looked at the, the great, I think they're Diego Garcia murals. I know they're communist-inspired WPA murals. They're gorgeous. In fact, I think I didn't tweet them. I put it on Instagram. They're just magnificent. And I really enjoyed the walk again. Then I walked down the Filbert steps all the way down to the other side of the hill. And it was one of those glory days in San Francisco when you walk down steps that were built over 100 years ago on the Filbert Steps, I walked past the building uh, on Montgomery Street. That, you know the Humphrey Bogart movie, Dark Passage? Raise your hand if you know the movie, Dark Passage. It was filmed right outside that building with the Art Deco siding on it. Gorgeous building. And the, the, the Stramonium, the tourist Stramonium plants and the others. I knew half the plants. I could identify them. It was just one of those glorious days that come along every so often. And I realized how much I still love this city and how much I'm going to fight for this city. Every time I get up on the radio, I'm going to fight for this city. There is so much beauty here. And just because a group of corrupt interlopers, and I don't care if they were born here or their grandfather married a prostitute during the gold rush and they call themselves a native son of the Golden West, it doesn't matter to me they're interlopers in terms of what they've done to this city. Let me say that again. I don't care if their grandfather came here during the Civil War or the gold rush, rather and married a prostitute, and then called themselves a native son of the Golden West. They're interlopers in terms of what they've done to this city and to this state. They've destroyed it. Although I came here in 1974, I'm more of a Californian than they are. I represent real California values. They represent the values of the, of the internationalist criminal gangs. And now we come back to the issue of the day. Immigration, immigration, immigration. Now, it is true that we're all immigrants, but not all immigrants are equal, as I've said so many times these past years on the radio. Not everybody coming in from Guatemala or El Salvador is an Einstein waiting to be made. No, they weren't oppressed in their country, and if they were not oppressed by the white man here, no, they wouldn't be Einstein. Stop fooling yourself. No, stop fooling yourself. Because if you keep devolving this nation... With the Mariel Boat Invasion equivalent, you know what this country will be like in 10 years? 
Well, you don't have to look any further than Tijuana. That's what this country will be like in less than 10 years. And if you always wanted to live in Tijuana, Eddie, why don't you just go move the hell down there right now and leave me alone? Savage. You know, you got you to gotta celebrate your victories when you get them in the world in which we're living today, where we've been beaten so badly over the last number of years by the illegitimate left, by the verminous communists in the press at CNN and everywhere else. We had a huge victory today. And uh, if you think that the fascistic left, the neocons, the rhinos, the deep state that fought Trump hard to date is going to stop, you haven't seen anything yet. They're going to ramp up their efforts to a fever pitch to try to make sure that Trump loses in 2020 in order to neuter the remainder of our revolution. And that's what we're talking about today, our revolution. How would you rate Trump to date? John in Connecticut, line two, fire away. You're up on the Savage Nation. I'd say D, D minus. But, John, I asked specifics on which topics would you rate him a D or D minus? Team building. What does team building mean? Well, you know, one of the things that I thought of, that, you know, here's a guy, when you go to Manhattan, they build skyscrapers, one on top of each other. So that means tomorrow you're going to get, you know, 2,000 windows delivered, and there's no place to put them. You've got to know how to coordinate and work with people, build a team. And I figured that here is a guy that, that could bring people together and build things. Well, let me ask, first of all, did you vote for him or for, or for Hillary? Oh, no, no, I, I, I would never have voted for Hillary. I'm no, not answering the question. Did you vote for Trump or not? For her. No, did you vote for Trump or not? Yes, I did. And you're, you're disappointed because he can't get along with people? Is that your fundamental point? His own team. I don't care if he gets along with the Chinese. I hear what I you're saying. Well, I'm glad he fired uh, 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 the walrus, aren't you? I, yeah, I am. I, he shouldn't have never hired him. That's right. Never should have hired him. He shouldn't listen to Sean, Sean Wallbanger. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. So, the first thing that I'm going to do when I'm president is I'm going to Clorox the Oval Office. We will tax the hell out of the wealthy to make this a fairer country. There's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. We are 10 years too late. We need to do everything we can to start moving the climate in the right direction, but we also need to start moving our people to higher ground. First of all, uh, the president is a racist. We can no longer allow a white nationalist to be in the White House. She put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. I think as a white woman of privilege, I can talk to those white women in the suburbs that voted for Trump and explain to them what white yeah, privilege yeah, actually yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, time yeah. is up. Our house is on fire. We have to stop using coal in 10 oh, years. Mr. Vice President, you can't have it both ways. You invoke President Obama more than anybody in this campaign. We need to reform this whole immigration system and begin to be the country that says 
Everyone has worth and dignity, and this should be a country that's a bunch of crap. No, they don't, don't let the Republicans divide no, they this don't. party against itself. So that's what you're going to hear tonight again from these fools on the Hill. Welcome to the Savage uh, Nation Hour number two. I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to watch it tonight because I do need entertainment and the jesters are pleasant to watch. Are you going to listen to these idiots again pushing issues that the most Americans, even Democrats, reject? Most Americans reject most of what they stand for. They're talking to a sliver within the Democrat side of things, the far left sliver of the uh, yackers at the universities primarily, academics, academics, the anemic academics, as I call them. The anemic academics believe in this stuff because they don't live in the real world. It's called the ivory tower for a reason. So they've taken ivory tower ideas and uh, aired them to the general public where they're seen for what they are, which are facetious. They're ridiculous to talk about the world's catching fire, do uh, we need every immigrant on earth another mariel boat invasion every day from the south no we don't i love their latest thing is they're going to produce jobs they don't know anything about jobs not one of them has ever held a job maybe this guy yang did he made a fortune in in, uh, silicon valley somehow but most of the others never held a job never produced a product or service that anybody ever wanted they don't know the first thing about economics so here we are going to watch it again tonight but i want to rate trump today because he's the He's the other side of the whole thing, and I, I did it in hour number one. I'm asking you, how would you rate Trump's presidency so far uh, on the issues that I raised? And I don't want to repeat them because I, I can't stand repeating myself. Today we had a victory. Last night the Supreme Court backed Trump and blocked most asylum seekers, which is a monstrously huge victory for this country. The Mariel boat invasion has been stopped temporarily and on a minor level, temporarily and on a minor level. The Supreme Court upholds rule of law, overturns Radlib, Ninth Circuit Court of Schlemiel's, and corrupt foreign-influenced ACLU, blocks illegals claiming asylum in U.S. huge victory for America. That's the broad-sweeping statement. It's not 100% accurate, but it's more or less what just happened. The ACLU is unhappy, which is all you need to know, because that means it's the right thing. And only two judges dissented from this ruling, and that would be, of course... The one who uh, I thought she was dying two years ago, but she came back from the crypt to plague us again, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the other one, Sotomayor, uh, and they voted against it. But, you know, the judges are everything. We all know the judges are everything, and Trump has done a great job. Uh, the immigration crackdown is starting to gain traction. The Supreme Court backed the asylum restrictions, the toughest yet. The only dissenters were Sotomayor and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so things are going in our direction now. Also today, the Senate confirmed the 150th Trump judicial nominee. 150th judge today. You know, we're changing the landscape of America for the better. And the left is going crazier than ever. But I want you, the listener and the voter, to uh, phone the show if you care to chime in on this issue of how would you rate Trump's presidency so far? I mean, I'm as happy as anyone Trump won. I truly believe it would save America from almost certain ruin. And while I fully support President Trump to this day, it is not my job to be a cheerleader. It's my job to help him win the war. Let me say that again. Trump is the general we elected to lead this battle. I'm the lead scout, walking the point in front of the army, letting him know what dangers lie just beyond the next bend in the road or over the next mountain pass. 
He is up against an enemy that will stop at nothing to defeat him. Forget the Geneva Conventions or any civilized rules of engagement. The evil forces that nearly destroyed this nation over the past eight years will do anything, say anything, and destroy anyone, including some of their own, to reverse the last election and finish the job. And so, from uh, my vantage point on top of the hill, I'm reporting back from the front line after a couple of years of the Trump presidency. And I want you to chime in on what you think. What has the history of the Trump presidency been thus far on the issues that I have mentioned? I can tell you my positions on it. You can read them in Trump's war in the paperback edition, because frankly, the first chapter of the paperback edition has Trump's war uh, after year one. It's a preface to the trade edition. And I want to talk about tax reform for one second, because I think it's a failure so far. I live in California. It's been a disaster for me personally, what he did. And that is because anyone living in New York or California or the other states that got screwed by the Trump salt deduction thing is fuming, by the way. Increasing spending by two to three hundred billion dollars a year, which is what the government has done, means no tax reform can really be a clean tax cut. Either some people's taxes must go up or the deficit will go up, as I said. Guess what? The deficit has gone through the roof. So the Republicans played politics and targeted blue states for tax increases by capping the state and local tax SALT deductions at $10,000. Their absurd answer is for those living in high-tax states to go and complain to their state and local governments and get those taxes lowered. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's not what we voted for, not what we voted for. People like myself living in California or other high-tax states don't have representation locally or at the state level, and we will likely never will. We elected representatives at the federal level to cut those taxes, not raise them. So still malodorous as it may be in some respects, the tax reform bill was a victory overall for most Americans. Lowering the corporate rate to 20% really made the United States more competitive and created jobs, as we all know. It added to the gains already made due to Trump's regulatory rollbacks. And so don't underestimate the impact of the change in the, in the way capital investment can be deducted. I don't know if you know it, but the new tax law actually allows businesses to deduct 100% of their capital investments the year they make them. That's a huge difference, which is why you see so many corporations building so many things. Instead of being required to deduct those investments over years as the equipment depreciates, this means that if a company spends $20 million on new equipment to expand its productive capabilities, it can deduct that $20 million all at once that year. And that's a huge incentive for manufacturing and other domestic production to expand their operations. So there's been some huge victories. I'd like to know what you think. Connie in Pennsylvania, you've been holding. You're up on the Savage Nation. How would you rate Trump and on which issue? Um, uh, order, zero. Deportation, zero. Wall, zero. The census question. Why didn't he fought more? He should have. You're not a citizen in this country. You should not answer. You are nobody here. All right, so you feel he got a, he got a, an F on, on immigration? Absolutely. It's worse than an F, a zero. Not so what would you give him an A on? Uh, an A, the economic, uh, over uh, during the Obama uh, years, my daughter spent almost three years after college trying to find a job. Finally, a year later, after Donald Trump became a president, 
she got a, a job. She's been employed for three whole years, almost three whole years. That happened. All right, so you gave him an A on, on, on the economy and an F on immigration, right? Yes, I did. Well, let's and, uh, keep working I- to make sure he gets some more A's. I thank you for that call that opens up one line at 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-407-282. Roberto in Vegas, how would you rate Donald Trump so far? Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Dr. Savage. My rating is a C-plus overall. Uh, number one, uh, F uh, on the swamp, because they're all still roaming free, trying to impeach him now. Uh, F on open borders and illegal aliens. Progressively, everything is worse. I mean, we got terrorist supporters in Congress. The USA is more immoral than ever. Nothing's being done to turn this country back to its Judeo-Christian values. You know, it's interesting you raise the issue of the culture war because he's done nothing on that. And I had a whole chapter on it, Trump's culture wars. What is culture? That's not entertainment. Plato warned us, Trump's war for education, how academia is poisoning our culture. I haven't seen him use the bully pulpit to repair the damage to our culture or to our, our ethics or morals, have I? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Now, you're the only one who mentioned it. Does it matter to you? Obviously, it does. Absolutely. I uh, see the uh, anti-God, anti-Christian movement getting worse in this country. You're right. Uh, and he's done nothing to turn this nation to... Uh, no, I mean, to be fair, and I'm a kind of guy who wants to call him like I see him. He doesn't even fake going to church. Right. Right. No, I mean, remember we used to joke about Clinton with the oversized fake Bible to make believe he was a Christian who went to church? Remember that? That's right, yeah. And then Obama never even made a, a motion to ever go to a mosque again, even though he went to a madrasas in, the, in, the, in Indonesia. We know that Obama's a Muslim. Everybody knows that. The boy grew up, when he was a young boy, rather, he was in a madrasas in, 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 in Indonesia. So, you know, the way you are raised as a child is usually how you are religiously. He didn't go to a, a Christian seminary. Obama went to a madrasas in Indonesia. I never saw... Did Obama ever go to a church? No. No, not that I know of. No. But the problem is most Americans don't go to, to go to uh, houses of worship anymore either. And you've got to blame the houses of worship a little for that too. When you see the corruption in the Catholic Church with the boys and all of that, come on. People just don't have any faith in it anymore. They think it's a crock of garbage, and they think that many of the people who have invaded these organizations, it's not true, though. It's probably a percentage, maybe 6 to 9% of the priests are perverts, but the rest of them are great people. They're like saints. What other issues would you rank them on? Uh, the other one is the employers, the big employers, for example, here on the Strip. Uh, they're not being held accountable for hiring all the illegal aliens, and uh, they're not you know, they're not. Well, let me ask you, so you're talking from Vegas. Who would do those jobs, was it not, for the illegals? Who would take the job? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you pay the American worker. I mean, how do we do it back in the 40s and 50s and 60s? Well, you know, I've asked myself this question many times. When I see who the hardest working people are in this country on construction sites, and almost all of them to a man speak Spanish, and almost to a man, every one of them is an illegal alien. I've never seen such hard, good workers in my life, incidentally. I'm a realist. And I say to myself, where have the indigenous American workers gone? I keep hearing, well, they would take the job if they could get it. I'm not so sure. Are they on opioids? Where are they? I want to know where they are. Where have they gone? Where are they? Where are the guys who used to work construction? I mean, when I was young and I worked construction in New York and I got blisters on my shoulders carrying lumber to sites i know what it's like to work for 4 30 in the morning it's horrible 
almost all the workers, 100% of the workers were American citizens. 95% of them were white guys. 5% of them were black guys or something like that. A few percent were Hispanic. Where are all the white guys in construction today? Where did they go? Are they all addicted to opioids or where are they? I'll be right back. Savage. All right, so everyone in, in the world of politics is going to be listening to the idiots tonight, one outdoing the other with moving to the to the left of Karl Marx, and whether it's the turtle or the old man or the other old man or the crazy one or the UFO one, the only one that looked reasonable to me, they knocked off the stage, Tulsi Gabbard, because she threatened the San Francisco machine plant, uh, Camilla Harris, Kamala Harris. Um, she was the only one who could have done a good job, even though she's a leftist. She was a rational one. They knocked her off the stage like they did uh, to Sanders last time, by the way. They got rid of him, remember? Because he was too much of a challenge to Hillary. He's not winning. He's not going to the distance. He has enough hate in him to win. Don't get me wrong. His age is not an impediment. Bernie Sanders' age is not an impediment. His hatred uh, impels him and motivates him. He, if you understood the hatred inside his heart, you'd understand what impels him. So that's not going to stop him. I think Biden will either drop out or fall out before this is over. I don't think he's going to make it to the finish line. He looks feeble to me and feebled in some ways. I think he is absolutely at his wit's end. I don't think he's going to do it. But how do you rate Trump as the issue to date? How is his presidency to date is the question. Jeremy in California, line one, 30 seconds or less. How do you rate Trump? Uh, Overall, I think... uh He's doing pretty good uh, on the immigration. I'd give him about a C, maybe a D. Um, on the economics, uh, well, the economy, I'd give him an A. And leadership, probably a B, maybe a C, somewhere around there. How about something he's done that no one gives him credit for, which is defeating ISIS? Why have we all forgotten that it was his leadership that finally put an end to those subhumans? and what they were doing in the Middle East. Why have we all forgotten that? I don't know. It's because the vermin in the media don't want you to remember that Trump with Russia defeated ISIS. It's that simple. The vermin in the media want you to believe that his tweets are worse than what ISIS was doing to to young girls. That's how psychotic they are. Did I finally get through to you? Maybe, maybe not. Again, uh, this is a big topic. We want a big victory. It's a small victory, but a huge one. It means the judges do have an effect, and it means that uh, for many years to come, we might have a chance to save America, and it means the invasion of the Mariel boat invasion of our days might just be curtailed. The day they start actually deporting the illegals on welfare is the day I will really raise the flag. The day I see ICE, ICE going around door to door, And removing those who are here illegally who are sucking the system dry, whether it be through welfare, food stamps, or other government programs designed for American citizens only. The day I see those buses running off Battery Street, the day I see 20 to 30 of them, I see those buses on Battery Street outside the DHS building. And they should be rolling south around the clock. There should be the stench of diesel fume And those buses starting up every night until dawn. And those buses should be rolling south. The Westwood One Podcast Network.